The Superpowers of the Soul Channel is brought to you by Superpower Experts. Visit superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers today. You're listening to Deep Soul Dialogue with Nellie Loth. Discover the truth of who you really are. Hi. Welcome back to Deep Soul Dialogue. This is the Superpower Network. And you're listening to the Superpowers of the Soul channel. And me, Nellie. My name is Nellie Loth. And I am so honored to be the host of this podcast, Deep Soul Dialogue. First of all, I want to welcome you back. On the last episode, we spoke about keeping the light on. Imagine that porch light left for you. And maybe we feel so often in the dark or lost or confused or sad and the porch light is symbolic a metaphor for what i hope this podcast will be a light that brings you back time and again in order to offer you a way to sort through your own inner dialogue cultivating a dialogue to determine what has a meaning for you and what can you let go of now. This light will keep on so that we keep coming back together to listen through this monologue to what I have experienced on my spiritual path, hoping it lights away for you. Just It's just a candle, just one light, but it can make all the difference if you're in the dark. And I feel when I talk about the soul, that it is that aspect of your being. In fact, it's at the level of pure being. It's the essence of who you are without doing, accomplishing, without having any structure, that means anything outer, any appearance. Pure being is deeply embedded in you. And that pure being, being the I am, is that aspect of us that has access and is connected to the divine. All beings are connected. All beings do have this thread from the one wholeness. It can come, as you know, by so many names. Whether you call it God or you might not even believe in the concept of God, as the Buddhists teach, the truth is beyond the concept of God or no God. There's a great space that holds us all. And today we're going to talk about that. And that means as I speak, I hope that you'll be feeling a generation, something generating within you, that you'll begin to go deeper into listening 
What does compassion mean to me? What does love mean to me? Am I living my truth? Am I who I want to be? Because these are the kinds of dialogues. These are the kinds of conversations that I have within myself and within those very close to me and that are really important. Because to live an honest life, truly honest, is you live according to what you say and believe. And that is such a freedom. You might even come to realize you're not living your own authentic life. You are not here to suffer, to die. You're not here to have a meaningless life. You're not here in any way insignificant and unimportant. You are so much a part of this whole that when the light comes on in you, it helps everyone see the light within them. That means your purpose is to be, is to be alive, is to be fully alive. And when we are fully alive, that light goes on. We start to smile. Our step is lighter. We want to become fully alive. And one of the ways I believe in my life, I have become more alive, is through the study of Buddhist teachings and having a Buddhist teacher. But in particular, I want to talk about two words I associate with the Buddhist teaching of compassion. I want to tell you just about these two words that seem to be the essence of what it means to be a compassionate being. And let's face it, you're only happy when you are compassionate because that's who you really are. You're a compassionate being, being. Well, that rang a bell. At the very core of you, your being is loving. You're not happy when you're angry, fighting, violent, depressed, sad, dark. And yet we have those moments. It doesn't mean you won't have struggles day to day. There won't be grief. There won't be challenges. But it can be held within this vast space of love and compassion. That changes the whole game. So I'm going to share with you these two words in my experience in a really small way, just like a drop, I hope we can picture a drop in a beautiful pond within your heart, that drop that creates concentric circles and that smooths out the edges and helps you feel joy and happy. I'm happy when I am loving. I'm happy to contemplate compassion. And I am so happy to be with you. And I'm so happy to have this forum because this is my life. There's nothing else more important to me than to share these kinds of thoughts through this monologue, which I feel is an interior dialogue that we're having in silence, but you are allowing me to speak to you. That is a gift you give me. 
I'm going to take a break here and just allow yourself to be centered and receptive and feel yourself flipping the switch on that light and smile. I will remind you to breathe and to smile over and over because our reason for being together is to bring joy to each other. Let's take a brief break. I'll be right back. The Superpower Experience goes way beyond the podcast. Listeners can connect with hosts and one another inside the Superpower Universe Plus membership. Members get access to high vibe connections, Superpower Masterclasses, and much, much more. Don't wait another moment to step into your superpowers. Go to superpowerexperts.com and sign up today. Welcome back, my friend, to Deep Soul Dialogue and the Superpower Network, Superpowers of the Soul Channel. Welcome back. I met this great Tibetan teacher, and I'll be speaking about him and specific experiences through other podcasts, subsequent podcasts. As many of you know, well, I say it all the time, one of the great experiences of my life was when I decided to give away everything I owned and I went and lived in a Buddhist monastery. It was only for eight months the first time and a few months the second in India, but it changed my life. I mention it, I mean, I mention it ad nauseum. I mean, I really feel bad for friends who know me. I mention it so often. It really was a turning point in my life. It was courageous too. This was just in 2008. But I wanted to deepen this practice and understanding of Buddhism, but not just Buddhism. I was expressing and understanding and practicing, comparing it to my understanding of Christianity through my Catholic roots, comparing it with my experiences with a Hindu guru, comparing it to other experiences with Sufis and with friends who joined me in a Lakota sweat lodge, praying in the ways of the Lakota Sioux tradition, finding that common ground. And so, so much of Buddhism is about compassion. That's a beautiful word, isn't it? Compassion. I think one of the ways they look at it is, you'll hear it described as karuna, the Sanskrit karuna. But compassion is not a sympathy. It's not pity. It's the capacity that I have to be moved by someone else's suffering, to see someone else suffering, and to be moved in such a way that I would want to exchange my happiness for their suffering. Wow, why would I want to do that? Because then I am healing them and me. Because compassion is a way of turning on a light when someone is sleeping and dreaming a nightmare of birth, death, sickness, suffering. We're all having that nightmare. We think we're just this limited body. We think we're just this personality and we try to make the most of it and we try to feed it and clothe it and give it a nice house and take it out to meet the right people. And so many things we do 
associated with the body and the personality are a constant struggle to overcome this this little niggling doubt. I might be more than this. Who was I before I was born? What will I be after I die? The body is limited, but I come from an infinite source. You may call it God. How do I reconcile that paradox? Buddhists teach the great practice of compassion. Sometimes my teacher would speak a lot about the altruistic motivation, to be motivated to exchange or be concerned for someone else's suffering. Because I tell you why it's so powerful. Let's say I see you and you are very sad and I'm so My heart is piercing for you, and I really want to take that sadness away from you or at least assuage it. And as I'm thinking about you, what happens to me? I forget me. That's the secret. Very hard to get it in a single go. You have to practice over and over. When I think of others, I'm not clinging to the small self, self-clinging, grasping. This causes much suffering. You don't know it yet, but you are trying too hard to feed this monster called the ego. And at some point, you've got to throw up your hands and say, forget about it. There has to be another way. Well, if I introduce a practice of compassion and thinking of others in a good way, in the way I want to benefit others, to serve others, to care for them. It's not some codependent dynamic where I'm here to save the world. And you feel the weight of it. No, compassion, it lightens and unburdens you. Because again, compassion is like a light that I spoke about in the last podcast. And it helps you wake up from the nightmare that you're limited and trapped in that body that you're trapped to conditions, whatever happens to you. If someone's nice to you or not, you react. You're greater than that. You're more than that. And there are two words that will help us understand this. Compassion is not different than love that Christ teaches. The Buddha says compassion. Christ says love. Someone may call it mercy, the beloved, the lover. But there are these two words that really helped me understand compassion. And the two words are this, without exception. To love all beings without exception. To care for all others without exception. To have compassion for all beings without exception. Oh my gosh. Can you believe that? We're being asked to have an unlimited capacity to care for others. That is a very high bar, but it isn't too high for us because that's who we really are. Now, how am I going to understand? How do I practice that? 
What does it mean, love one another and to care for all beings without exception? Well, obviously, I'd have to look at the exceptions. (laughs) It gets messy. The spiritual practice can get really messy. If you're doing your work, it's going to get messy, so don't worry. Lighten up. Smile. Make fun of yourself. Because if I want to really understand how to go beyond my limited understanding of who I am and my capacity to love, if I want to feel and experience compassion without exception, I have to be courageous enough to look at who do I make as beyond the pale? Who is the person I have judged as being beyond my capacity to love? I can love all these people but that person. I can care for all others but them. When I worked with AIDS and HIV for about four years in the 80s, it was one of the greatest times of my life. And I really remember what it felt like to have compassion for my patients, my friends, the staff, while being in a community that was very disenfranchised. If you worked with AIDS in those days, There were people that I knew who were afraid to touch me. They were afraid I would pass on this virus. And so I was in this incredible community with gay men and prostitutes and drug addicts and men and women who had contracted the virus through blood transfusion. But the vast majority were people that were really condemned, as if they deserved to have this. And I'm studying Christianity and Buddhist teaching. And I used to feel and argue in this dialogue that I'm speaking about on this podcast, Deep Soul Dialogue. Much of it came from the dialogues I would have with Christ. You know, I, you better believe I brought him with me there every day. I did. I would have these dialogues. You can do it. Anyone can do it. Instead of having dialogues with all the insane people in the world, create this interior dialogue with your teacher. Be upfront, be honest. And there are so many things I had to learn and to overcome my judgment, my pain, their suffering, my patience. But here's how I learned about going beyond exceptions, to love others without exception. I had this patient. And I'm going to call her Wendy, because, of course, I can't remember her name anyway. (laughs) It's been years. I was really struck by the fact she came to every appointment. I ran a group for women who are the drug addicts and prostitutes. I just loved them. I collected gifts for all our patients, those incredible gay men that I loved and would try to dress me up, and they would have drag shows to raise money. It was a fabulous time. And in comes this one patient time after time, week after week, and I'm a social worker, and I was looking good in those days. I'm dressed cool, and I've got spiked heels. I mean, I'd look good for a social worker, and I thought I was really something, and I was having the time of my life because I loved my work. It was very purposeful, very meaningful, very loving, and Wendy would come in, and remember, I was pretty young. And she would 
not follow through on any of my brilliant suggestions. (laughs) This girl didn't do anything I recommended. She stayed with that old man. She stayed on the street. She kept using drugs, but she kept showing up. And one time when the staff said, Wendy's here, and I had to find a space to see her, space was limited. Believe me, we were not in a fancy clinic. But God, it was beautiful to all of us who worked there. It was a sanctuary of compassion. So Wendy comes in, and I sort of have an attitude. It's sort of like, oh, man, this is going to be futile. And yet, I I wanted to see her. I did want to make a change. But, you know, you never know who's teaching what to who. So we find a room, a room I can use for a little while. And she sits down, and I sit on the other side of this little table. And this is a true story. What I'm telling you actually happened. As I was looking into her eyes, I saw someone inside of her wink back at me, a wink. And I heard a voice clearly in my mind say, who is it that you see when you look at her? If you do not see me, it is your eyes that need to be healed. Who is it that you see when you look at her? If you do not see me, it is your own eyes that need to be healed. Jesus is reflecting exactly through that voice that I heard, the Buddhist teaching, to practice compassion for all beings without exception. Who do you see when you look at anyone? If you see them without compassion, if you don't see in them the light of the Buddha, the Christ, of the Creator, that's what we need to heal. Wherever we have made an exception to love or compassion is simply a reflection of a perceived limitation in us. Oh, God. It's not about what's going on in the world. Compassion teaches us it's about what's going on in your mind, in my mind. But this is the good news. We can do this together. If you want to raise the bar now, if you want to come onto the line of those great masters and teachers from all traditions who have gone far beyond limited views, then we can practice together an honest way of looking, who have I made an exception to love? Who have I made an exception to this compassion? We'll talk further down the line about going deeper with this exchange of my joy for your suffering. I would love to share my views eventually on that practice. But we're looking at compassion as the practice in which I try to lift from my eyes the veil that keeps me from seeing you and everyone else. 
in the truth and the light of who they are. It has to be unlimited. The nature of reality with a capital R is unlimited. Compassion and love are unlimited. No exceptions. Who do you see when you look at certain people? If you take the simple story I'm sharing with you, yet a profound, obviously it's changed my life that day. You can take it out into your own life and you'll see that the people that are driving you crazy or the condition that seems insurmountable can be your teacher. And that means you start to have compassion for yourself. Stop condemning yourself for getting lost in the story. Stop condemning yourself for not getting it perfectly every day. Over and over throughout the day, I have to pull my own mind back and choose again to be loving. But I have to start with also loving myself. Because ultimately, you may not know, but you may harbor a secret belief that you are the exception. That everyone else is worthy of love and compassion but you. And that is a tiny seed thought that creates an idea that you are somehow separate from an infinite space that you may call God's love, Buddha nature, creation. Without exception are just two words. I hope that my sharing has helped to lighten your life. Because another way to see light is to be unburdened. Be unburdened. To look at others and to have compassion for the suffering of the world is not to be burdened by it. It's actually a process of engaging in the world and being present as if to kiss every circumstance with a compassionate heart and say, come, come, like a mother and collect all beings and bring them to your heart. It wouldn't be a burden if you were the mother. And compassion is like the mother, mother compassion. And she wants to gather all beings in her heart and to do it for all without exception. And we're just beginning to look at that with those two words. I look forward to seeing you in the next podcast. I look forward to being with you. To see with the eyes of thine eye be single as vision. To imagine you sitting here with me. Because we're not separate. I wish you much peace. I hope that these ideas generate, that word again, to generate a motivation in you to look at those individuals in your own life where you've made an exception and say, all right, be my teacher. Because I wish to have the compassion that includes all being, including me and you. So I will close here gratefully. I will close by saying namaste. I honor the sacred within you. My hands are folded at my heart. This is an incredible opportunity. And so I'm very grateful that you are listening to this podcast, Deep Soul Dialogue.
where we discover the truth of who we really are, the superpower network and the superpowers of the soul channel. Again, Nellie Loth, I thank you. I honor you. And I look forward to being with you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.